Good afternoon, everybody. This is Corey Hepler. I am your host for Crazy Monkey Inc. podcast. I am here with the ever lovely and actually pretty sexy co-host, Jared Gifford. Jared, how the fuck are you? Hey, you know, with a sexy introduction like that, you know, doing pretty good. I know, seriously. <laughs> You're going to have to roll down a window soon. I know, it's getting pretty steamy in here. That's right, it's getting, getting hot in here. Well, so we'll take off all our clothes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. Uh, <laughs> you know, it just shows you how old we are. Got to go those that early, uh, late 90s, early 2000s reference. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You want to know uh, something aside from the podcast? I actually got to meet Nellie on my mission in St. Louis. Interesting. It was at Burger King. Wow. Hey, folks, you'll never know where you meet anybody. <laughs> and what's really interesting, he was actually a really down-to-earth nice guy. Like, he actually let my companion and I go in front of him yeah. when he had been uh, waiting there in line for 10 minutes for an order. Oh, nice. So I was like, holy shit, I'd give this man a kiss if I, you know, if was I was attracted a... to him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, maybe should, maybe should. You still got time. You know, because, you know, like the Rolling Stones say... Time is on our side. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but uh, anyhow, uh, first off, I want to let people know, I know you were expecting a podcast on 2000 AD. We're still working on that. I've been uh, I've been working hard, doing the research on it. Um, not, not that I've had to do much because I've, you know, I've been a big fan of 2000 AD for quite a while. Since 2000 AD? Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I never kept count. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, you know, um, not that anybody's slacking, <laughs> Corey. Um, <laughs> you know, if you hear some primal screaming, it's me choking the shit out of my co host. <laughs> but no, no, we're, we're, <laughs> but rest assured, we're still working on that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> and um and uh, um but anyhow i wanted to let you know that um our next podcast will be the special um episode on 2000 ad um this podcast actually uh we had a different subject we wanted to talk about but before we get to that subject um let's get any announcements we have out of the way first off you have uh, some announcements of, of a nature for for your own self to to announce um let people know the good news that you found out just today. What good news? Got your books. Come on. What? Oh, yes. Oh, sweet. Jesus almighty. Yes, that one. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I think it's all the caffeine I fucking drank. <laughs> um, yeah, the news. Um, found out that we just got the test prints for Tax Cab Joe number two and Sexy Zombie Hunters number one. We are looking for a date in July to release Taxi Cab Joe number two, and we're still looking for a release in October for Sexy Zombie Hunters number one. But uh, but uh, just so you know, we, basically everything's now good. They've got the test prints in. The test prints seem to be good. Yeah. Um. So so all yeah. So all we need to do is just set some solid release dates. And as Corey said, we're looking for a summer release date for Taxi Cab Joe, and we're looking for a fall release date for Sexy Zombie Hunters. 
And we're also, hopefully, if I can get it taken care of, my lazy fucking ass. <laughs> I'm almost done with my novella. I'm literally three chapters away, which is about, give or take, 30, 35 pages. And then I gotta do first, second, and final drafts. And then I'm hoping by November or December of this year, you'll be holding in your hot little hands the first novella from moi. From moi, yes. And uh, is that French? <laughs> it better be French or else someone in my family is going to come kick my ass. <laughs> that or I need to study up on my friends. Well, that, that, I just I just never knew that your name was moi Hepler. You know, <laughs> Barry Allen fucked up the timeline so much. Might as well be. <laughs> but he did it in a flash. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, but no no actually. But anyway, look forward to those. Um, you know, Corey here uh, and, and awesome news. He's basically going to be spearheading our our. Crazy Monkey Inc. releases for this year. His is going to be the first title out the door for Crazy Monkey Inc. this year. And also another good news, you, Darren Number Four, are going to be mm -hmm. the very first Kickstarter for this of year. This year, yes. So we've got some great news on both ends, which is amazing because I've been looking forward to mm -hmm. Darren Number Four for what year? Yeah. Oh yeah, Something well, and, like that. And, and, a little and, less. Well, and a lot of you who actually listen to this podcast will actually be happy, you know. And and you just you just saw this because you saw the announcement the other day. Yeah. But uh, but we are now going to be starting work on um on on my Ronan Brothers uh comic book series. Oh, and also another thing that the boss uh Razzy McRaz said he just got five more pages for the. Romeo and Juliet, River of Blood, graphic novel from Stefano Cardicelli, and he said he creamed in his jeans when he saw <laughs> these pages. Oh yeah, it's in, in the, they're they're looking awesome, and and like I said, still working on uh, Furious, but as we said, um, even though it's taking a while, every single page Samir Samal comes out with for Brian Jail Glasses Magnum freaking Opus is just awesome it looks great um so like i said you we know that it's hard and it's frustrating waiting for us to get these titles out but we, we'd like i know well i i i I, uh, <laughs> I guess i walked into that one Oh, you ran into that fucker. Yeah. You didn't even walk. You but, did full but on we sprinted into that But the whole one. thing is we know that it's frustrating having to wait. Yeah. But uh, but the thing is is that we hope that um well that 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 even though you have to wait, that once these things are released, that that it's totally worth it. That you that you see these things and you're like, ah yes, I can see the time and the care and, and, and the great stories that are in here with the great characters. And 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 that that in and itself is worth the wait. I just, just like yeah. waiting for a uh, mm -hmm. a procession of camels to get to the wedding spot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, interesting analogy, but I think it works. <laughs> Go on. But 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 but, but <laughs> as you but as you say though, in this case, I just you know I would just hope that that you know that because of the quality of what we're giving you, that the wait is worth it. <laughs> oh, and it will, because yeah. what's interesting about everything that Crazy Monk comes out with, mm 
is you know that there's time, love, and care that goes into each page, whether it's lettering, coloring, drawing. It doesn't matter what phase it's in. Yeah, you know I, it's going to be sexy as hell. Oh, yeah, and well, I, I, do, I can say, for at least uh, on our part, where we do the writing, um, I, you know, I, I enjoy every minute of the writing, you know. It's like, to me, this is my dream job, you know, because I, I, I just love creating these stories writing's like funny. fucking christmas every fucking day exactly seriously <laughs> it's like woo, another page there you go <laughs> <laughs> well and, and actually the more we write the more accomplished we feel so yeah you're like you're right it's like christmas exactly and once you get it all done then you get to throw the present out to everybody else and they open it up and you're like and then they can you know revel in the awesomeness with you yeah that's right send us money <laughs> well, if it's got a cost, I mean, jeez. <sighs> you freaking greedy bastard. <laughs> well, hey, you know, we've talked about this before. Hey, I love I love my living, but once again, people have to understand, it's a living, so so yeah, you know, it's like, hey, you know, I'd love to have the day where we don't have to pay for shit. You know, you but... pay for shit. I do that for free. <laughs> I mean, I play, I pay for the like the plumbing and stuff, <laughs> but the shit's completely free. But what I'm saying is, you know, I'd love to have the day where we don't have to pay for anything. But but the thing is, is that that's not realistic. It's not going to happen. We need money to be able to get by in certain things. I definitely need money to pay my bills. So yeah, that's the whole thing. It's like, but. As I said, first off, we're giving quality product, and like I said, we we give the option um, for both digital, which is a dollar fifty, yeah, and then we give the option for print, which is five. And you know, the thing is, is either either choice, it's not too expensive. Yes. Um, one more nest before we get into the yeah. uh, tonight's podcast. Mm -hmm. Next Halloween, this is twenty twenty, mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen. You are going to be able to get not only Sexy Zombie Hunters issue number two, which I'll be working on writing mm -hmm. um, after this next announcement. I'm going to be writing 13 original horror stories by me that is going to be in a short story compilation for next Halloween. So you're going to get Sexy Zombie Hunters number two and the horror compilation novella as well. Mm -hmm. So... Merry fucking hella Christmas. <laughs> Merry, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a Merry Hollow Thanksmas. That's right. <laughs> because apparently Walmart doesn't know it's fucking holidays from its ass. <laughs> it's like, oh, look, the turkey. Yeah, that goes in Halloween, right? <laughs> That's right. Santa Claus is Halloween decoration, right? That's right. Santa Claus is coming to town in a fucking pumpkin with Cinderella. <laughs> He's going to hand out candy to all the poor little bastards down the street. <laughs> Be like a nightmare before Christmas. That's right. Nightmare before fatness. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but I think that uh, does tie it up for uh, uh, for the Crazy Monkey Inc. announcements. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What? There's one more thing. Aha! We totally forgot to tell them where they can get these things. Ah, yes. 
Well, if you want to go and get our comic books, uh, go to IndiePlanet IndiePlanet.com slash Crazy Monkey Inc. And it's Inc. with a K. Um, that's and, and then you'll get our whole line of books. As I said, you can get them digitally. You can get them in print. Digital's one hundred and fifty. Print is five. And um, and yeah, and, and then also they can track us down on social media. Yes. Um, Crazy Monkey Inc has face has a Facebook page and a Instagram page. Uh huh. Um, Corey has a Twitter page, a Facebook page. Um, and an Instagram page. And an Instagram page. Um, I, as well, have a Facebook page, a Twitter page, and a Instagram page. I just won't give up my Snapchat because I don't want creepy people like sending oh, no, pictures no, of weird shit. Okay, you know you're good. But, <laughs> but the ones that you run to most anywhere are those three. Yeah. Um, so those that's where you can find Corey. That's where you can find me. That's where you can find some of the main pages for Crazy Monkey, Inc., I don't think we have a Twitter page for Crazy Monkey Inc. yet, but I know for sure that if you go to Facebook and you go to Instagram, that we do have pages there. Exactly. Hmm. Um, on to tonight's podcast. We are talking about how the writing through the ages has changed, and not only the writing, but the wording and verbiage of how things are said and mm -hmm. uh, dictioned as well. Uh, yeah, well, basically, the the how how prose has changed over the years, really, and um and and, and the thing is is that because uh, if you if you compare like some of the older writings to the new uh, to some of the newer stuff, like 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 two people in the horror genre, and you and I talked about this earlier today, actually. Yeah, two people in the horror genre, but very great writers, but they write for their time period. Is you look at Edgar Allan Poe, he's got a very sort of um, poetic way. No, no, no pun intended. That pun was completely intended because poetry, the word poetry, came about because of Poe's last name. You've got a point, actually. <laughs> so so okay. you're right. Okay. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> but but the whole thing is, yeah, he had that that very artistic way of writing. Yeah. Um, and, and was very indicative of his time too. Because the <clears throat> here we go with the juvenile. Uh, I'm so sorry. I almost spit Mountain Dew all over the fucking. But car. but uh, but, <laughs> but 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 no. But but it was very common for his time period to write that way. Yeah. Um. Ver various authors, not just Poe, but <sighs> like you know, you had like Jules Verne. Um. You had um. Geoffrey Chaucer. Yeah, Chaucer. You also had Mary Shelley. But yeah, they had this or Charles Dickens. Charles, Charles Dickens. Dickens and Emily Dickens as well. Uh, Dickinson. Dickinson, yeah. Um, um, but anyway, um, yeah, all of them. Um, but they, there was a certain way that you, you wrote in that time period, and it's and it had a, it was a, um, it had a very biblical type of language to it as well. A kind of, um, but with not the as bees and the vows and well, the... but no, but but that's more that's more Shakespeare. Um, with Victorian era, it was more sort of like. Um, it, but like I said, when you like when you read uh, Dickens, like uh, like let me let me give you an example of Dickens. You know, it's like uh, and, and you know him as like like look, let's go to tell. Boy, Sioux do cities. I ever! But it's like look at so tell two cities. It starts out it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. You know, um, and and then and then you also. Um, um, or, or you look at like when you wrote a Christmas Carol. First line in a Christmas Carol is um, that. Uh, um, Old Marley was as dead as a doornail. We're talking um, about Bob Marley? 
Bob Marley. Really? <laughs> no. He wasn't going to stir it up. You know, he wasn't going to, you know, shoot the sheriff. You know, of course, I'm pretty sure that he didn't shoot the deputy either. <laughs> but that's just a hypothetical guess. Uh, no. <laughs> it was Jacob Marley, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, <laughs> what I'm saying though is, but you, 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 like I said, you, they had this, they, they had this way, it was sort of, um, um, it wasn't as biblical as like, say maybe how the medieval and Renaissance people wrote, but it had a, it had a fluidity to it. Um, the, the way that they spoke in the Victorian era, it, 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 it had like an education to it. It had uh, it had this flow to it. Was it was a part of intellectualizational yeah. type of speech that you yes. don't get nowadays unless you're a very learned person, which is, yeah. I guess, how we're trying to say that is there. It was a very learned type of yeah, I, but uh, then, wording. But then, like I said, let's do the comparison because, like I said, we, we were talking Poe. Yeah. And let's look at another great horror writer. And I'm not, once again, and I'm not uh, mocking this, but look, but you look, look at Stephen King. And he has a very different way of writing from Poe. Uh -huh. um, but Stephen King is still a great author. Exactly. Um, but he writes for today's audience. And what's interesting is, I, th I think we've done this and we've said mm -hmm. this on uh, previous podcasts. Yeah. Is Stephen King actually looks up to Edgar Allan Poe and H.P. Lovecraft as his muses for how he writes. Well, yeah, he says he knows he's a part of that tradition. Yeah. But he also knows that he's not them. Exactly. And, and he knows yeah. he has to have his own voice, but yeah. he takes bits and pieces from what they have come out with. Exactly, exactly. So that's the thing, is that, is that but we're both great writers, but like I said, um, and, and then the way, the way I said, the way that Stephen King writes is in a more contemporary tone. He, you know, he, he, he doesn't, he doesn't do sort of the poetic speak. What he does is he basically, um, well, first off, he's actually very good at description, you know, you you know exactly what he's talking about when he paints that image in your head. He's not Tolstoy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no, but he's not. But he's not. But he's not long winded either. Exactly. He 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 gets straight to the point. Even in his even in his freaking. I mean, this is the hilarious thing, and you still don't wonder. Uh, you still wonder how the hell he gets a book with a thousand pages in it. Yeah. But I mean, because I know, because a lot of you are thinking, what? Because yes, I know he wrote the stand, he wrote it, and he wrote these things that are a fucking cinder block. Dude, needful things is over a thousand pages. Are you fucking kidding me? But once again, uh, but the way he does write is still once again he doesn't he doesn't spend a whole lot of time. Um, over explaining. Did you just say he's not wordy? That Should motherfucker's be. more wordy than Jesus in the <laughs> Bible. No, but once again, Are you kidding it's, me? <laughs> it's, it's, but it's in the way he does it. The whole yeah. thing is oh, I, I the understand. way the way if you if you read one of Stephen King's lines, it cuts right to the heart of what he's talking about. Whereas um, other people, um, other people sort of do this poetic picture in your head. Um, Stephen King cuts straight to the chase. He's like, this is the scenario, this is what's happening, you know, and then he gets right to the, the heart of it all. Exactly, because, um, as different writers write, there are some that love a lot of description, like Tolstoy's mm -hmm. 
creepy ass. Uh, yeah, War and Peace, the cinder block. And then there's Hemingway. Oh yeah, and Hemingway was was also very. He had a very poetic way of writing, but at the same time, hilariously enough, his books were actually much shorter than people like Tolstoy. Yeah, and he still had a, a amazing description mm -hmm. of everything that went around him, and mm -hmm. he, he concised it so well that even John Steinbeck gave Hemingway praise for how he wrote because. Hell, Steinbeck said that mm -hmm. Hemingway was his muse. Oh, hell, you can even look at two people in the same century and how, how they have a different way of writing. Yeah, Tupac and Biggie. Um, well, okay, um, I, I, I'm not talking music, but what I'm saying is, oh. in terms of authors, <laughs> well, look at, look at let's, let's, let's do two people who are on two different sides of the fantasy genre. I'm talking about J.R.R. Tolkien and Robert E. Howard. Now, oh, yeah. yeah. Now, both of them. Very great authors. Hell yeah, they are. But they're very different. Um, as we know, Jarrah Tolkien was a scholarly guy. I mean, he he you know he was a professor. He had a fucking PhD for yeah, Christ's sake. He was a professor. He studied languages. That's how we came up with the Elven language. Yeah. But but once again, uh, it was a very learned book. You you read the Hobbit and you read the Lord of the Rings, and you're like you're in a university class yeah. for Christ's sake. Yeah, it's still good, but yeah, you feel like you're you feel like you're learning something in a university class. I like those kind of books where yeah. you learn something. Oh no, as they are. But like you look at the other side of the scale, and I still love this as well. But you look at the other side of the scale. Robert E. Howard wasn't what didn't didn't go into the high detail that J.R.R. Tolkien did. But here's where Robert E. Howard was great. Robert E. Howard was very good, like 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 I said, like when you compare Compo to Stephen King. Yeah. Robert E. Howard's cut straight to the to the to the heart of the subject. He really Robert does. E. Howard Robert E. Howard knew how to write dark fantasy. He knew how to um he, he knew how to basically um give you once again and it's right in the name. I mean he's one of the guys who created the sword and sorcery genre and because for those who aren't familiar with it, fantasy and sword and sorcery are slightly different. <clears throat> they do have similarities and similar beginnings. Yeah. But um, fantasy is more of that po that scholarly J.R.R. Tolkien kind of thing. Yeah, the kind you're talking about is like Dragonlance um, and... Yeah, and then and, and sword and sorcery. Sword and sorcery, yeah. Sword and sorcery is, is more the Conan stuff. That's where you get your, your barbarians. Yeah. Um, you know, um, thing, things that Red are more... Red Sonia. Yeah, yeah. Things are more of a Viking nature. Things uh -huh. that have a... You know, that's where you get like your... Things like your serpent men and, 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 and your... You know... Your and, giant orcs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then even... And then even your... Um, uh, you know, and then even your dark sorcerers, you know, yeah. um, um, it was, um, it was just in the way that they did it. I'd have to say that, um, comparing the two, cause both are very well to read, uh, are very good to read. But like I said, um, Conan is more direct, whereas, uh, whereas Lord of the Rings is definitely a lot more scholarly as you pointed out. Um, but then also I would say that it's also in the tone, um, J.R.R. Tolkien's fantasy is very much high fantasy. It's it's kind of more of a, and not that they don't have dark elements because they are in there, oh, but yeah. it's more of a, but it's more of a lighter toned fantasy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, very much in the vein of all the old myths. Yeah. Um, 
Conan the Barbarian, or or anything that Robert E. Howard's really done, he's even do Cole and and and, and even certain things in Solomon Kane. Um, but uh, but we'll go Conan the Barbarian specifically. Conan yeah. the Barbarian, it's it you know it yes it has its fantasy elements because it has a lot of the the magic and creatures and whatnot, but it's much more dark. It's much more gritty. It's it's um it's um. Whereas, whereas, uh, Tolkien can pretty much be read by anybody, kids and adults alike. Yeah. Um, Robert E. Howard is definitely a much more mature fantasy title. And we're not trying to say that yeah. you know people are stupid because they have to be mature to read Robert E. Howard. It's just the fact that how he writes it's it's very mature. The words it's are very. It's not for children. It's I I can yeah. I can easily say that. He writes in a way that's not for children. He, I mean, the way Robert E. Howard writes his sword and sorcery stuff, it's one of those things that yeah, you could you could could read that to your kids, but they're probably gonna be like, you're probably get probably gonna have freaking nightmares. Be like, oh yes, and then Conan, you know, severed the head off of the you know severed the head off of the big giant, and the blood was shooting everywhere. Good night, Jimmy. Now remember, we've got therapy tomorrow. <laughs> I'm paying good money to read this shit to you. <laughs> <laughs> then that's what we're talking about. No, no, no. It's like, and, and then hell, hell, I mean, I love both. I love both. But as I said, it's just different kind of audiences, but they had a different way of writing, as we said, different mm -hmm. prowls. But you, know, you just look at how the writing has just, it's, it's just kind of changed over the years. It's like, and I like you pointed out, uh, and then we go back to Shakespeare. He had a lot of these, thou's, you know, and it was... Uh, he very biblical type talk. Very biblical. And in fact, what's funny, and I can actually even throw my comics in here, mm -hmm. is um, I this is how I actually learned how to read Shakespeare. Because I, I remember we used to have these Shakespeare classes we used to have to do back in high school. Oh, do you remember theater class? I remember theater oh, class. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, no, and the funny thing is, is I, would, I, I tried to read them offhand. And I just wasn't getting them. I was like, I, I, he's like, he's like, I, you know, I know the Shakespeare is important, but I'm just not getting it. I, I don't know what they're saying. I can't understand it. But no, what happened was, um, I, and then, then I got back to this was I, I, I'd read Walter Simonson's Run of Thor, mm -hmm. and, um, and then, and, and you know, as you know, they talked in the old English. Yeah. But though I liked the way Marvel did it was they they used the old english in a way that was accessible to the modern language nowadays so they would do it in a way that made sense to counter some of the ways uh, modern people were speaking and a lot of people um, especially like young teenagers like yeah, you and I we yeah. um we could understand it yeah and anyway what happened was but I found this I went and I read thor then I went back and I started reading shakespeare again and then I finally like oh god I get it now Mm-hmm. You know, so I have Thor. I have the mighty Thor to thank for getting me to understand Shakespeare. <laughs> and uh, Thank but, you, Thor of Asgard. Yeah. I mean Asgard. Uh, he's the guard of the ass. Yeah, he's guarding his ass. <laughs> anyway, um... From the low-key, low-key. Ah! Uh -huh. <laughs> wow. Um, anyway, you know, <laughs> but no, I was going to say, but we go back to Shakespeare, and he said, yeah, yeah. he had these, he had a very, as you put it, biblical way of speaking. Mm -hmm. um, you read Shakespeare, it's it's very much like reading the Bible. Um, 
but uh, but but that but then he he actually had what's funny is you look at his stories though, um, and uh, and a lot of his stories were either tragic bloody epics, mm-hmm. or they were hilarious comedies. He real like those were the almost the only two things that he liked writing about because even in his uh, sonnets, you could tell it was either really fucking tragic. Or uh, comedic and kind of romantic. And it's really weird because you read Romeo and Juliet and you're like, Shakespeare is really, really good at showing you how two people can be divided because of two families hating each other and how much their love has driven driven them insane. And they realize the only way that they can stay together is if they, is if they, off each other. Well, exactly. Or off themselves. Well, but here's the funny thing, and, and then you go and compare it to some modern writings. Interesting enough, you, because it, the funny thing is, um, Romeo and Juliet has actually been a common thing among so many different things. In fact, if you look at this, we have a modern telling of that, which which was you know done, done on Broadway. We look at West Side Story. Yes. West Side Story is Romeo and Juliet in a modern setting. And in fact. Um... If you look at uh, Sarah Bailey's After Dark book, Cursed Heart, uh-huh. it has a ton of Romeo and Juliet themes in it because they're from mm-hmm. two different families and they know that they're not supposed to be together because if the families find found out, mm-hmm. they would fucking rip them to shreds. Yeah. So they secretly find ways to get around and see each other. And I'm not going to spoil the book because it's really good and you should totally check it out. Go to Amazon.com and get yeah. the After Dark series by Sarah Bailey because she's a phenomenal British writer who is also a fantastic friend. But you can tell that she grew up with Shakespeare because mm-hmm. she uses a ton of Shakespeare in her writings. Oh, yeah. But but you know uh one, well, you know well, but once again yeah I was gonna say it's like but, but yeah that's um the back to the comparison yeah and and it's said no and I love that and I love how you brought that into there and and yes uh, you know Sarah Bailey good friend uh, good person and and yes definitely check out her stuff um but uh, go but, on yeah, but no I was gonna say it's like but yeah you know, but but I was gonna go back to the parallels a bit you know um. Same story, but different way in presenting it and different way in writing it. Because Romeo and Juliet is, you know, very much Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot of the Shakespeare language in it. Yeah. Um, but then you look at West Side Story. Mm-hmm. West Side Story is, is essentially the same story. But the difference lies in the fact that um, West Side Story it deals more with stuff in a modern context. Yeah. You have... You have Two, you have two people from two different, uh, two different families that are basically at like a gang war with each other. Pretty much. Um, a dancing and, gang war. I know. <laughs> well, it was a musical. Sorry. No, no, you're not wrong. It was, I mean, it, it, come on, it was a musical. Yeah. Um, but my point is, is that uh, the the it's, it's, I'm 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 getting it down to its essence. Yeah. And the whole thing is the essence of the story is the same. You have two people from two different families who don't like each other and are, are fighting with each other. Um, but they somehow find love and all that. But sadly, it ends in tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you see yourself using some of the elements of the 
writers that you love and grew up with in your mm-hmm. writings? Oh, I think every writer um, uses has has you, you can always see influence. Yeah, you can always see where their influences are. Now, I think I think I think the best writers use those influences, but then also present it in their own voice, as you said. Yeah. Um, you know, because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna copy and paste someone word for word, because then I might as well. Because you know, because because yeah. plagiarism. Well, not just that, but then, <laughs> but then I might as well just be a clone of that person, and I'm me. I'm not them. Um, and uh, and and so uh, what it comes down to is you'll you'll see themes of my influences in there, mm-hmm. but but ultimately um, it's it's a different the, the way the story ends up being different is because it's told through my experiences and the things that I understand and, and is my kind of way of looking at things, mm-hmm. um, in my perspective. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, because like you look at Darum and those who care, those who care, the, um, uh, the influences are there. You can see that he's very much inspired by Captain Harlock. Yeah. You can see he's very much inspired by Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon, also um, Walt Disney, because there yeah. were a lot of cartoons where one or both parents were gone from the cartoon, mm. and with Darum, and it's and true, and true, that's, that's that's in there. Um, but what I'm saying is, you can definitely see what my influence, my main influences are, and those are like the main influences yeah. right there. And uh, but here's what makes it different, ultimately different uh, from those, is you know, as you know, the main character when uh, when he's 14 years old, his father is killed. Yeah. Um, and that has a tremendous, a tremendous impact on his life. And that's a constant theme throughout the comic book as it keeps going on. Yeah. Um, and that deals with my own personal experiences. Cause, uh, you know, as, as you know, um, my father died when I was 14. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't killed by pirates like the comic book was. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously. But, Come on, you booty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 you know, no, he, he died of a heart attack. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, but the whole point was, is that, uh, that changed my worldview. I know, I know this for a fact. The way I look at things now was forever changed when my dad died. Cause like the way I look at things now is not the same way I looked at it then. I mean, I, I can tell you for certain if my father were still alive today. I probably would be a whole different person. And you know, that had a tremendous impact on my life. And I know that the life I'm living now, um, you know, one of the big events that led me to this life was my father's death. Yeah. Um, I'm not that I'm looking for sympathy and I'm not looking for anyone to feel bad for me. Um, no, <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, but what it, what it comes down to is I just know that that's something that has had an impact on my life. And I know that that's forever going to be a theme in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it reflects in my writings and my comic books. Um, Hell, I mean, I had a similar theme for, uh, and, and I don't mind telling people this because this doesn't give the story away. Um, but uh, like with Roller Brothers, I have a, I have a kind of a similar theme going with the fact that the the two brothers are are seeking to avenge their father's death. Yeah. Um, 
and you know it's this whole uh thing that they uh, you know that they want to honor his memory and 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 you know just by basically you know and, and by the way that they've been disrespected and the way that their father was sort of callously murdered yeah um you know they 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 know that they have to they have to bring justice to him or his spirit cannot rest mm-hmm. um and uh, true you know, and uh, but what I'm saying is, it's a similar theme there. Um, so you know, different setting, different uh, a different kind of story because um, because Darum has more of a it's more its theme is basically more of a father son kind of theme. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronan Brothers, it's right there in the name. Ronan Brothers is about brothers and the spirit of brotherhood. Taxi Cab Joe, on the other hand. Well, man, what was it? But no, but, but actually, no, no, no. Actually, you bring up a good point. But that—that's actually you. That's seeing the world through your lens. The whole thing is, and you know, people can deny it up and down all they want. But the whole thing is, is your own experiences are going to flood into your comics. Oh yeah. And so the whole thing is, is a lot of what's in Taxi Cab Joe, um, actually, uh, is a reflection on you way you see things. I'm going to throw out a completely amazing Easter egg um, with how I write Tax Cab Joe. Because if you don't know me um, offhand, you'd just read it and be like, oh, it's, you know, he writes this really awesome black guy named Joe with this uh, with this uh, sexy stripper female, Mandy, and they go off bounty hunting together. Yep. The underlining issue is uh, Joe has been bullied his entire life and so he takes this job for the galactic government for going and getting bounties um and taking them and taking them back to prison and he is fighting back against all of the people that spat on him and told him he wouldn't be worth anything and he's taking all of his anger out on the mob bosses of the aliens that he has to take back to prison because back in his early years, he was bullied and he Mm -hmm. was made fun of and told that he wouldn't be worth anything. And Jared knows this because Mm -hmm. he saw this firsthand. I was bullied from eighth grade all the way up till 11th grade. So was I, because the thing is like, I can understand that too, because I mean, you and I got bullied by the same people. And so tax cap Joe is really, Joe reclaiming and taking back his life that he feels was stolen in his youth. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and then, well, and then there's even reflections, as I said, of your own past because you said there's the bully aspect of yeah. it. But then, um, interestingly enough, and 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 you know, and I'm not going to try and bring up too much of your traumatic past. Oh um, shit! Don't do that. It's not nah. like I've been through therapy or anything. Uh, no, no, but uh, but <laughs> but, I, but what I will let people know is that, and this is where it's got reflections of you in it, mm-hmm. is that um, is that all, there's there you know, um, to uh, I'm going to be a little vague uh, so that he doesn't have to explain. You don't but, have to be vague. Just yeah. say it. It's not okay. going to hurt my. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well. Jeez. Well, Corey in the past, uh, um, he's had a, he's had, I guess what you call it best, in a strange relationship with his biological mom. Um, and, uh, and his mom had traumatized him as a kid. And, uh, and, and that's something that has been hard for Corey to deal with. And so 
Corey's had a hard time trusting people his whole life because of what his mom did to him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you guys know this, and it's out in the air. Um, but but basically, like with me and my my father's death, uh, that, that was something that affected Corey in a, in a big way. And so it affected his outlook on life. And so you're going to see a lot of that in Taxi Cab Joe, because Taxi Cab Joe has to deal with a lot of betrayals and a lot of people make, uh, make, you know, getting him to trust them and then making them ultimately feel like his trust wasn't, uh, worth anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because that's a theme that, is true to Corey's life because that's something Corey's had to deal with in his life. And here's the interesting thing. The reason, and I'm going to get a little bit um, <clears throat> sympathetic, a little bit, you mm. know, mushy right yeah. now on the podcast because I feel that it um, has to do with what we're talking about mm -hmm. right now. Um, Jared, I don't know if a whole lot of you guys know this, but Jared was there during a lot of really dark and deep and depressing times in my life. And had it not been for him being upbeat and telling me to suck it up and quit being such a pussy <laughs> and just to learn how to get through the hard times. And there were a lot of times where like I'd cry on his shoulder. He'd cry on mine. We'd play video games and yell at each other and tell each other to fuck off. But through it all, like, Jared really has been the m most long-standing friend who's been there by my side, thick and thin. Didn't matter how many times we yelled at each other. Didn't matter how many times we were upset at each other. I gotta tell you, if you ever get a friend like Jared, <laughs> keep him close to you because not only is he a fantastic friend, he is, um, to me, one of the brothers that I wish I would have had in my own family because... Had it not been for him and getting and helping me get through high school how he did, I probably would have killed myself. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Um, no, that's, that's good. Um, but, but what I'm saying is, is this is actually goes a lot, right along with what we were talking about, especially yeah. in terms of, um, uh, in terms of the, the books and the way we write. Basically, a lot of the authors even that we revere – Mm -hmm. Um, have the same thing. A lot of their experiences go into their books, and uh, it, uh, but like I said, I mean, um, but uh, but but even even you look at uh, you look at ours because once again it goes back. I, I go back around full circle. Yeah, is that you look at the contrast between the way I write and the way you write? Um, you you even pointed this out. You said that mine has more of a sort of. Um, and this is not insulting, but I'm using your words. You said, no, I think you said mine had more of a literary feel to it. Mm -hmm. Um, that, uh, the way you described it was that, um, was like, it was like a modern Shakespeare in space. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and, and then, uh, and then with you, you have more of, um, you've got more of a sort of, uh, uh, what do we call it? More of a contemporary, um, or postmodern way of writing. Yeah. Um, and um, and and uh, what what you do is um, what you do is you've got uh, well, it's, like, it's exactly like what Taxi Cab Joe because like the way you described it was so perfect is that it's like Blade Runner meets The Fifth Element. So basically, you know, um, um, it's it's not it's you know it's it's not high um, sort of 
epic kind of storytelling. It's more sort of uh, gritty, action-packed, in-your-face storytelling. Yeah, it's like if uh, Blade Runner and the Fifth Element fucked and had a really sexy child. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but exactly, just um, but the, so that's the whole thing. It's just two different ways of writing, but not one. One is not superior to the other. Just both. Both different ways, but both both very good, very enjoyable ways of writing. Um, and like I said, and then you even go back to ancient ancient times. You know, you you look at some of the old myths out there. You know, talk look at the Norse myths of the ancient gods. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, um, and then they had some really great creative ideas, but they even spoke with you know uh, in a uh, in a very different way. Um, you know, um, one book I remember as a kid that I really enjoyed, um, God, I wish I could remember its name, but I just remember it was a, it was an illustrated book on the Norse gods that I got as a kid, and it was basically, um, I liked it because it was, it explained the Norse mythology, but it did it in a way that a kid can understand. Um, and, and it went through the whole un entire hierarchy of Norse gods, you know, it went through, uh, Thor, um, Odin, Loki, um, it, uh, uh, you know, um, things like, uh, Hela, um, Hela, thank you, mm -hmm. um, Hela, uh, Fenrir, Fenris, yeah, um, but yeah, all the, all the ancient Norse gods, um, and Fender, yeah, um, knock it off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyhow, anyhow, but, uh, yeah, Fender and Bender, uh, Bender, Bender, yeah. That's right. Uh, and Pearl and Peavy. Oh, God. <laughs> and Peewee and his playhouse. That's right. <laughs> uh. Anyhow, but no, what I'm saying is like, you look at that, no, that was actually pretty cool, but then, um... But then I also grew up reading Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm -hmm. you know, which which was written and uh, written when I was when I was a kid, and uh, and and that and that's a that's a more modern setting. But I mean, think about it; it's like it's it's ninjas in a modern setting. This is true. And uh, and, and and interestingly enough, you listen, you read the dialogue in it. Um, you know, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird were inspired by daredevil actually yeah one of one of the one of their biggest influences when they were um when they were writing were two people they said that the two people they looked up to when they were doing their comic book and it really shows in the teenage mutant Ninja Turtles, as they said they were huge fans of jack kirby and frank miller yeah because what they, they they like to do a lot of dynamic poses in their book like jack kirby mm-hmm but they the way that they write their 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 way of writing was very much like how Frank Miller wrote. They used a lot of what they called Frank Millerisms. Mm-hmm. Um not to uh yeah. stop you on that, but we gotta get to our comic book and and novel um, recommendations. Novel recommendations. Oh, that's okay. I think it's a probably a good. That's a probably a good place to stop it at the moment. Uh, but uh, it's a very good place to start. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so um, do you want to do you want to start this time? I think I started last time. Fucking a. Okay. All right. Yeah, anyway, um, comic book recommendation. Uh, 
I don't think a whole lot of people know that I like this comic book. Which I is... really haven't uh, really said a whole lot about it because mm-hmm. it's one that you know I like, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've ever actually said it on the podcast. Which is? Um, if you ever get a chance to go back and ever get to actually read the He-Man Masters of the Universe. Nice. And that, which has actually had several runs under several different companies. Um, the most recent uh, being DC. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, be that as it may, the reason that I love the comic book series is because growing up and watching the old cartoon show, I really loved the cartoon show. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. It um, was. However, the comic book throws uh, Eternia into kind of like this uh, whiskey type of foray to where it's going all over the place, but it pulls it back in. It's much more um, mature, yes. what I'd say is, um, and not, not that I'm saying that it's not something that kids can't enjoy, but what I'm saying is, is that he-Man, and especially if you look back to the original one, this the old cartoon and the yeah. old action figures, had a much, much lighter tone to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you, uh, but what happened was, um, uh, with the comic books, and I like this, a lot of them took a darker tone. It had, it had much more, uh, it, it, it was much more rooted in um, Sword and Sorcery, very much in the vein of Robert E. Howard. Exactly. Um, That's why I like it so much. Yeah. yeah, it's basically like it's like it you know, it's like Conan but without uh without quite as many bloody beheadings and uh um and and with much more high technology in it because uh, for those who can't remember, He-Man yes was technically a fantasy, but it was it was a fantasy that actually had technological elements to it. Cause remember, they were flying on sky spears and blasters and blasters. Yeah, and and, and they they had technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, but I know what you're talking about with yeah. the with the comic book version of Masters of the Universe. It's something that, um was that had a darker grittier tone to it Mm -hmm. um still good but definitely not the bright happy he-man you remember from your childhood exactly adam of attorney will fuck your shit up (laughs) yeah all right so uh what do you got for your novel recommendations novel recommendations i gotta throw this out here because not only have we talked about him before but he is just a fantastic writer how he wrote this series, and I'm on the first book, by the way. Yeah. It's called Mr. Mercedes, and it's written by Stephen King. Ah, nice. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Um, Thank you. But how he writes this series is amazing because it starts with a man who, it, apparently he's fucked off kilter. Oh, wow. And, uh... He decides to steal um, an old lady's Mercedes, mm-hmm. and he goes to a job fair during an early morning, around 4 or 5-ish, yeah. and he backs it up, and he just plows right into these people, and he kills... Wow. Si- he runs over 16 people. Oh, wow, that's horrible. he backs up, and he does it again. Oh, wow. And so he kills a ton of people maims a bunch of others he kills them he runs over a mother and her baby and kills both of them holy shit and they were in uh in, in like a gunny sack 
you know, that the old war veterans have that they would bundle up in to mm -hmm. uh, stay warm. Mm -hmm. And it, the tr the trilogy goes throughout this um, this ex detective cop mm -hmm. who gets this email from the guy who did the deed, yeah. and um, he's basically gloating that he did this and now he has to you know find who pin it on him and he's gloating the entire time but what's really funny i'm not going to give the whole story away but what's really funny is the cop decides that he's not going to be dicked around by this serial yeah. killer so he decides to call the guy's bluff and basically say oh if you were really the you know the mercedes the mr mercedes killer you're like, you would have known, blah, blah, blah. And he just dicks with this serial killer the entire fucking series. And it's mm -hmm. it's hilarious. It's it's a way for a protagonist to be written so it doesn't feel like he's constantly by the balls by the antagonist. Yeah. No, I like it. It's a, it's actually kind of a reverse of that, that old uh, situation. Yeah. So that's my recommendation is the Mr. Mercedes series. It nice. starts with... Mr. Mercedes, Finders Keepers, and End of Watch is the very last in the trilogy. So if okay. you're looking for a great Stephen King trilogy, pick the Mr. Mercedes series up because it's fucking amazing. Nice, nice. Now it's up to you. Now it's up to me. Uh, do, do, do I get to? Really? Do I? <laughs> well, I'll hold your hand if you're going to say stuff. No. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to kiss you, though. Oh. We did that last podcast, and we kind of scared a couple people away. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Um, oh, man. Oh, once again, I have so many books that I enjoy, it's just hard to pick one. But, uh, you know, uh, give me give me half a sec. Or not half a sec, but give me a minute. Uh, and the uh, thing is, uh, so let's see. Um, what I have I been enjoying lately? Um, you've been doing the Ronin research, and you've been doing a whole bunch of research oh, on the true. samurai. Oh, thank you for reminding me, actually. Because yeah. you, um, you just picked I up had something, hadn't you? Actually, I have. I picked up several different things. I'm actually in the middle. I might have recommended this book before, but you know what? I, I'll still recommend it you can again. Do it again. I've recommended um, it before. I, I've re I'll recommend, um, um, uh, um, and it's actually pronounced, um, Senshu? No, Sun Shui. Sun Shui's Art of War. Sun Shui's Art of War. Yeah. yeah a lot of people. A lot of people will say Sun Tzu, but it's actually Sun Shui. It's not Feng Shui. Shut up. Okay. Uh, no, Sun Shui's <laughs> Art of War. It's actually no. It, it, it's it's really good because it applies to so many different things. It's first off, it, it most of it it really teaches you how to survive in war and basically different various tactics you use. But it's also things. You can apply to other various things. It's not just war you can apply to. You can apply these principles to business, to to actually how to um, even how to get ahead in love. You know, the whole thing is, is there are certain principles that can be applied to so many different things. Exactly. And um, not to mention it's but, a damn good literary art. Yeah, oh, it is. It is. Seriously. And 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 like you said, and 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 it's. The thing is, is it's centuries, centuries uh, old. I mean, it's it. This 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 is something that's been. Um, this is something that they they can pinpoint um, 
the era it came around in, but nobody knows the exact date it was written. And they actually use it for, um, they've used it for wars in the past. They've actually mm -hmm. used it as a manual for war. Yeah, both uh, both Western and Eastern uh, generals have used uh, Sun Shui's Art of War as, as, as something that is required reading. Exactly. Um, and Because well, Feng Shui is really good not at, you know, the Art of War. <sighs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Corey Hepler's opinions do not reflect the rest of us. <laughs> so if you find him to be an utter ass, well, you know, that's that's him on his own time. You know, his brother Tai Chi, he helped with the karate aspect of it. And we're done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go uh, on. Okay, but no, no, and that's my <laughs> that's my novel recommendation. So please check out Sun Shui's Art of War. All right. Um, with my comic book um recommendations. Um, I'm actually going to suggest Kingsman. Um, it's done by Mark Miller and Dave Gibbons. Are you talking about the one that, uh, the adaptation from the movie? No, it's, no, the movie's an adaptation from it. Yeah. Stephen King did it. Not that it, dumbass. Oh, oh, another it. No, it's, uh, I'm saying the, <laughs> the graphic novel of Kingsman, dumbass, came first. It was written by, it was written by Mark Miller and Dave Gibbons. And, uh, and anyway, uh, the movies, the movies are based off these graphic novels. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and, and no, it's actually really cool. Um, I liken it to basically, this is what James Bond would have been had they kept the tongue in cheek humor. Um, uh, um, after, uh, after Pierce Brosnan left, because there was kind of a tonal change. And once again, I'm not, I'm not mocking James Bond. I, I like the Daniel Craig James Bonds, but you got to admit things got all serious after that. It was like, they took themselves too seriously. And it's like, God, this doesn't feel like a James Bond movie. And, and what I like about the Kingsman is Kingsman is one of those things that basically is like, well, why do, what if we did the same thing, but we kept all that tongue-in-cheek humor in it? And that's basically what I liken it to, because Kingsman really is. It's like James Bond if you'd kept all the tongue-in-cheek humor in it. Exactly, and even uh, the, there's an episode of Family Guy mm -hmm. that uh, does the church scene in the cafeteria yeah exactly and, and that was awesome and see that once again the church scene in general that's that the that's something that's really worth watching you don't watch kingsman just watch it for the church scene alone that was so freaking so up. many people up i know it's like <laughs> how can you do this in a church oh yeah but here's the whole thing where you actually <laughs> you actually did feel bad for these people because what they were was they were a white supremacist hate group that were disguising themselves as a religion. Exactly. And, oh, dude, if you ever get to see Kingsman, even if you just fast forward to that part, they fuck so many people up. It's just like a goddamn bloodbath. It's like yeah. Stephen King brought George Martin in and they wrote that scene together. It's just a <laughs> fucking horrific Game of Thrones mess. Yes, it's it's really great. And, <laughs> as I'm saying, so please check it out. Check out check out the Kingsman uh, graphic novels. Yes, um, please There's do. actually two out. Um there's um there's Kingsman the Secret Service, which they based the movie off of. Um yep. the uh the second movie, Golden Circle, is actually not based on any source material. It's actually just kind of a continuation of the original. Yeah. But there actually is a second graphic novel, but this one's called Kingsman, the Red Diamond. Uh huh. Um, and uh, um, and and that one and that one's actually Excuse worth me. reading too. But yeah, check them out. Really good, and uh, I think it's a good 
good time to end everything. Um, Got to thank everyone for being here with us tonight. Um, just a really great audience. We love you. And as I said, next next week we will have that 2000 AD special episode for all of you that I know you've been in uh, you've been anticipating. Um, but yeah, please just be good to each other and and and, and have an, and you know really just just have an awesome week. Is that it? Huh? Um, Are we done? Yeah, we're, we're finishing up. Uh, did you want to say a few words before you uh, we closed up? Well, I am saying a few words. Okay, well, just say goodbye to the audience because we're running oh, with, low on time. Oh, we are? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, anyway, um, have a fantastic night. Have a great week. Love one another. Help build each other up. And remember, Jesus loves you. <laughs>